This is Channel 253. In this episode of Citizen Tacoma. I would really like to mandate that, that builders, you know, that our developers, that put in some, you know, affordable housing once we lower that. And I know that's a, that's a controversial term to say. There, you know, people think I live in a fantasy world when I say that, but do I? Did you know Channel 253 is member-supported? I'm producer Doug Mackey, and I hope you will show your support by going to channel253.com slash membership and join. Thank you. Citizen Tacoma, my heart beats true blue. Citizen Tacoma, I'll always vote for you. back to another episode of Citizen Tacoma. I am your host, Eric Hanberg, and my guest for this episode is Kelly Blucher, running for Tacoma City Council District 2. And we're going to hear about her background and uh, her views on some of the big issues affecting Tacoma. Let's give it a listen. All right. Welcome back uh, to our candidate series. We're talking to candidates running for City Council of Tacoma. My guest this uh, rainy afternoon is Kelly Blucher. Welcome to Citizen Tacoma, Kelly. Ah, thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm really excited to be here. I'm excited to have you here as well. Tell me, let's just start with, what is this? What is your Tacoma story? Yeah. Well, that's a great question. You know, it's interesting as we as we go along in campaign life, how many how many times I I re I retell my story. Yeah, and I think it really is a story of of lived experience. Um, I've been in Tacoma here and in this area in the North End for about seven years. Uh, prior to that, I was born and raised in Federal Way, right on the other side of the Northeast Tacoma border. Mm. So, certainly uh, spent a lot of time in Northeast Tacoma area. That's my that was my hangout growing up. Um, so, you know, really a lot of my, a lot of my life is, is about, you know, being a really prominent high school athlete to, uh, suffering a major injury in my, in my junior year and really falling into addiction, um, you know, kind of trying to chase the pain away. And I think, you know, after that I've, um, you know, a lot of poor decisions, I guess you could say, uh, experienced homelessness, of course, addiction recovery, um, you know, having a, I was a single mom for quite some time. So raising, raising a little baby and still experiencing homelessness. So with my oldest son, you know, we've had some experiences sleeping outside in the car or going in and out of shelters or whatever, um, whatever we could do to really stabilize our lives. And, and I think through those experiences, there was just so many people that had helped me along a pathway um, to stability. It's it's interesting. I actually started, I would say this whole advocacy really started about 15 years ago, um, volunteering at Habitat for Humanity and, and building houses um, for people to attain uh, home ownership. So they, uh, I went through the AmeriCorps program there and it put me on a pathway to college where I was able to, at that time, I went for my nursing degree. So I actually graduated from TCC with my AA in nursing and went on to the University of Washington to get into the bachelor's program for nursing. And it was at that point, um, probably one of the craziest decisions I ever made was to defer that and um, get my 
go for my BA, I should say, in nonprofit management. So I just knew, again, you know, I really wanted to give back to all those that helped me. And I think within that, you know, you start to see those um, so many boundaries that are identified for people trying to get out of things like homelessness, addiction, you know, being a single parent. And, you know, fast forward a little while, got into a job at Goodwill. And when I did, it was when I hit that point with um, childcare. You know, what was I going to do? And of course, a few years later, I had two more children with my wonderful partner that I'm I'm with now. And again, going back to work, what I found was I was consistently hitting these barriers. So childcare was really keeping me um, from really having like a full-time job, you know, going after that career that I had worked so hard to get to. Um, so again, you know, and it I think it was at that point that I really, it really hit me that my story is not unique. You know, through serving the clients at Goodwill, I helped to create a program around um, single mothers and having them, getting them into employment, job training, help with childcare, supportive services, things like that, and really seeing those success stories that could be grown. But again, it was like those childcare issues just keep they kept coming up. So yeah. I started to advocate on a on a um, state level within the legislature and just really realized the power of voice. Um, that took me all the way to Washington, D.C. in 2019 um, to the White House. I was invited to the White House to talk about family paid leave and child care and the struggle that so many of us face. And, you know, brought that again back to Washington and helped with a lot of amazing uh, politicians, you know, Senator Claire Wilson, Rep. Representative Kristen, Christine Reeves, and really continuing to use not only my story, but really like the voice of so many families, parents in Tacoma and what we needed to really get ahead. And, you know, last year, um, right before, let's see here, it was, it was actually during COVID, we passed the Fair Start for Kids Act. Um, which at some point, you know, in, in several years will help cap childcare expenses at 7% of uh, a family's income, which is huge. I mean, where I was at, I was, my childcare was just a little bit more than our rent. Ours was bigger than our, than our rent went for two kids. Yeah. Right. And, and how, and how as a, you know, especially in single parent families too, and working families, how do you, how do you get ahead? How do you achieve home ownership? Um, and certainly if you're, if you're working and you're struggling with childcare, you know, you're, you're taking away from your child too, because you have just so many worries on your mind. So, um, really just pushing the advocacy and the policy around that and seeing the difference it could make. And now within my current role as well, you know, I'm. What is your current role? Just so I can make sure we're, we all know that. <laughs> yeah, great, great question. Sorry about that. I am the uh, community engagement manager for Goodwill. Okay. So I actually serve about 15 counties in Washington State, but wow. of course, really focusing on, on Pierce County. But I, you know, started to identify so many things as well, such as homelessness. I mean, that's a big one, housing affordability, but homelessness and really how could we help people get into jobs, um, housing, whatever it may be by providing services. And again, we're hit with funding, we're hit with barriers. And to me, it just all came back to like, you know, where where can I be of the most help in this? And and to me, it's really empowering others again. And it's that and it's that voice. That is my gift. That is my strength. And that's what I really want to do for for Tacoma. Wow. Um that was one of the best intros I think I've ever heard on the on this show. So, uh, as you said, your uh, your voice is your gift. 
when you do you mind if I ask a little bit about your experience uh, being homeless? No, please go ahead. Was that here in Tacoma? I did. So I slept outside of the of my car in the UWT for quite some time. About well, it was about eight weeks with my with my son at the time, and a lot of that was just we prices were so high. rent was so darn high, and we couldn't find anything to get into. Um, I was working as a donation attendant at Goodwill uh, right during that time, and so finally I was I was able to get into something, and it was really like that. Um, it was really you know somebody trying to help me out that that got me into my first place. Yeah. Wow. Tough times. Yeah. Um, how do you see bringing that experience to the to the council? I'm curious. What, what what could the council do? What you know, not just you, but what could the council do um, as a city to address that? Yeah, well, I think you know, again, on so many committees and and commissions, and even within the nonprofit world, one of the things we talk about right now is having lived experience stories. And I think we have to decide how we listen to those lived experience stories. Now, I have a lot of experience in building programs and, you know, pushing through policy and things like that, but really lifting up to the voice of the Tacomans that we wish to serve. So I think having my voice on a council and my experience in, in helping with things, you know, and in, in creating policy is going to be huge to the city because so often we look at it from a 50,000-foot level. You know, one of the things I say so often is we have um, – you know, we have these well-intentioned policies crafted by people with no lived experience. So I think that's absolutely the difference it makes, you know, is, hey, I've been there. I've helped people that have been there. I'm listening to people that are still there. And this, these are the things we need. Let's not assume what our city needs. Let's have that representation on our council. And certainly let's give that voice to others through that representation. Yeah, thank you. What are some of the other two to three big issues that you see affecting the city right now? Well, I, I certainly think home in Tacoma, um, you know, and that covers housing affordability for sure, is um, a very big issue. You know, I'm learning a lot more about home in Tacoma as it goes on and, and certainly knocking on doors. My goodness, I've knocked on I've thousands of doors now. It's my, it's my favorite part of, of campaigning, absolutely, is talking to our community. But I think it's, you know, I think with Home in Tacoma, well, we can get into that. Let me, let me answer your question. So Home in Tacoma, um, housing affordability, homelessness, and of course, I mean, getting people back to work, and that all wraps in again into childcare. And when I say like building our economy back, you know, with my experience, again, in that role that I'm playing, I'm connecting with a lot of employers and realizing that there's a lot of jobs open right now. And I think we have to ask, how do we help people? How do we facilitate getting people back to work? And I think that's where child care, again, plays a big role. Yeah. Let's talk about uh, Home and Tacoma. It might, it might have already passed or failed by the time, you know, the next council starts. But uh, what's your assessment of, of its ability to... Um, move us forward or back on uh, some of these affordability questions? Yeah, so phase one will have already gone through by the time I'm elected to um, city council. So I, so I think as our as our new council, you know, we're going to have a chance to look back at phase one and and definitely kind of go through some of the holes that, that may be in it. Um, my take on home in Tacoma, it's, it's really interesting living in District 2 and, again, talking to so many community members. There seems to be 
um, I wouldn't say a divide, but, you know, we talk about the mid-scale version, which is, you know, larger complexes, um, you know, massive multifamily units. And then we talk about the low-scale version, which is more like triplexes, duplexes, ADUs, things like that. Um, I'd say within our district, I wouldn't say it's so much as a divide um, between homeowners and those who rent and how they want to see home in Tacoma. But I certainly don't think with home in Tacoma as it stands, we can blanket it, blanket diversion across the entire city. I don't think that's feasible. I really push more for the low scale version with that opportunity with a provision for growth, I guess you could say. Okay. Um, understanding that we do need, I mean, we need more public housing. We we need larger housing units. But I, again, I don't think those fit in every single neighborhood. I love the idea of the low scale version. And it's, it's really amazing, actually, how many people in our district really push for that. I mean, we have homeowners that are, you know, in our historic homes and things like that, where, um, you know, they understand, like, we need to have more affordable housing. But even some of their main concerns are, what are we putting in place to make sure that these homes are affordable? You know, we look at some of the areas such as on Proctor or even in Ruston, which actually isn't part of Tacoma, but great. We built a whole lot of housing. That's amazing. How many people working lower wage jobs or paying childcare can afford to get into that housing? And then how many people with three, four, five kids, even two kids, you know, is it feasible to go into an apartment? Are they, do you want to continue renting or do you have that dream of home ownership? So I think in that idea of, of you know, duplexes, um, especially we can offer that idea for home ownership. But Getting back to affordability, I think that we need to mandate that developers offer affordable units. And when I say afford affordable, that is such a loose term. That term in itself needs to be redefined. Sure. We we go a lot by the area medium income, right? Like 80% of that or something like that. Oh, my goodness. For a single mother with two children... <laughs> We need to lower. We absolutely need to look at lowering that. It's just not feasible. And then, the, you know, we have a lot of folks um, here, especially those that are experiencing homelessness that are on, you know, things like SSI and SSDI. So you have a completely fixed income. Um, affordable, it doesn't fit into fixed incomes. So, um, yeah, I would, I would really like to mandate that, that builders, you know, that are developers – that put in some, you know, affordable housing once we lower that. And I know that's a that's a controversial term to say. That, you know, people think I live in a fantasy world when I say that, but do I? You know, isn't it time that we represent our citizens of Tacoma and we work to end homelessness by getting people into housing? And then certainly, like, pushing for home ownership is so important as well. The District 2, and this is a good time to remind our listeners that you are running for District 2, <laughs> which is not all of Tacoma. District 2 has such unique parts of Tacoma. I mean, if I think about, you know, clockwise, you've got um, up there at uh, Northeast Tacoma, mm -hmm. the port, not that anyone really lives there, but you have the port. You have, I sh should not forget the detainees, excuse me. Um, at Northwest Detention Center. You have downtown um, and then stadium. And so you've got a lot of different interests there. Yeah. Um, and to my mind, like stadium is one of the best examples of what home in Tacoma could create all around Tacoma because it's that wonderful mix of beautiful homes, 
plus, you know, here's a little eightplex or here's a duplex yeah. or, you know, like it seems like a really great Absolutely. blend. Do you think that that would – is what could work in northeast Tacoma or other places? Like do you see a tension here or what do you – Absolutely. I think, you know, talking to talking to people over in Northeast Tacoma, I think one of the concerns that I had had, that I had heard so often lately is, you know, we could certainly um, build more housing over there. And and you're right, you know, the beautiful duplexes, triplexes, even smaller, the smaller units. I mean, absolutely. Right. What we don't have in Northeast Tacoma is another grocery store. You know, there's only one grocery store there, so that's and it's already pretty busy. I know my 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 folks shop over there too, so uh, very busy store. But in school, I've heard them talk so often about a high school, um, which I've heard in the past that 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 was a possibility and it was you know shut down for whatever reason. But I believe that was years and years and years ago. But as we look at developing more and bringing more people into Northeast Tacoma, I mean, we have to talk about infrastructure. You know, and and I think certainly a school is a big part of that. You have everybody in Northeast Tacoma, all, all the kids going to high school, if they go to a public school, is that stadium. And their commute sometimes can be over an hour. I yeah. mean, I can't imagine, you know, right now my I have a son at stadium and, and, you know, he's on the bus from here at 7 in the morning. Having to get up at 5.30, 6 in the morning for a 7.30 start time is you know, that, yep. that'd be really challenging. So I think we need to talk about things like that. But I do. I do think, um, you know, we certainly we certainly have the opportunity in Northeast Tacoma to um, to build some more some more housing over there. It's a beautiful area to live. I, I absolutely I love believe it. it. Let's talk about uh, the economy. What are some of the things that you think the city of Tacoma could be doing to uh, jumpstart that as we come out of COVID? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I... I'm looking more lately, it seems, well, all the time, we're looking more at partnering with um, smaller businesses and really getting employees back to work at small businesses, as you know, um, just about everywhere you look. I mean, if you drive down 6th Avenue, almost every store that you look at is a hiring sign. So I think it's important that we're really giving people the opportunity to get back to work. And I think that's really a multifaceted issue. I mean, you know, things like vaccinations, obviously there's a mandate for our bigger employers right now and certainly within our healthcare system. But, um, you know, I think that's creating a bit of a challenge. But I think we need to do more education around vaccines. I think that's very, very important. Um Child care, child care, child care, totally. child care. I could bring it up all day long. It's you know, it's something that affects so many. And and again, when I'm when I'm talking to folks out there knocking on doors, that's one of the things I hear. Like I would love to go back to work, but how? How do I afford it? You know, maybe preschool is offered only free preschool, it's two hours a day. You know, I don't know a whole heck of a lot of employers out there that are going to work around two hundred or two two hours a day, and then you have those families that are going to pay sixteen, seventeen hundred dollars a month in childcare. So, um, I definitely think there is things that we can do as a city to really open up more childcare centers. And you know, we can go back to Northeast Tacoma again. You know, we do need more childcare over there. You have people taking a lot of times their kids out to King County or um, to unlicensed home home. Um, Child cares, which we know we need more licensed child care. So I think as a city, we can really push more programs, fund more programs around that. I know we have an amazing program through Tacoma Community House, such as our Cheers program, um, you know, helping immigrants and refugees uh, attain their child care licenses and be able to do that in-home daycare. So I think really funding programs like that and certainly looking at ways that we can incentivize building more um, more child care 
places, I yeah. guess you could say. Yeah. The port is considered one of the engines of our economy, and it is also in the district that you are running for. Um, there's a, kind of a question about the future of the port right now that, that the city council is weighing, you know, the future of fossil fuels or not. How should climate change affect that? What are your thoughts on some of those questions? You know, I think that that's really interesting. Thanks for thanks for asking me one of the most challenging questions. Uh, <laughs> 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 I appreciate that. You know, I think there's a lot we can we can do with the port, and I think it's it's also in the, from what I can see down there. I think it's also in the process. You know, I think we can become a larger storage facility and certainly bring in. Um, you know, have the ability to bring in more ships into our port and do do a lot more around that. Um, I'm really fortunate to have a lot of to have a great friend um, on the port commission as well. And I think Who's what that? Kristen Ang is is a fellow Emerge sister. I guess I I, I could have said that earlier in the conversation because that's certainly one of the things that pushed me into into politics in general. A what sister? I'm sorry. I emerge. That word. So Emerge is a, an amazing program. To uh, they pick 20 women. Every year, every 18 months, and they um, it's really intense democratic training, and it's all around politics. And, wow. and I was handpicked for that program and graduated in 2019. And there's a, there's a few of us roaming around here in, in politics wow. in Tacoma. Wow, making a dent. <laughs> so, I mean, well, we have to have more women elected. I mean, Absolutely. that's the way to go. So I certainly think I have a great opportunity on city council to be able to work with the port and really determine those um, you know, what we can do as a city and how we can really partner together. Um, I think it's important that we are communicating consistently and very open dialogue with the Puyallup tribe um, as we're as we're building in there and, and looking and making sure that we're not, um, you know, we're not impacting we are impacting their land, but watching what we're doing with the environment, that's so important. And you touched on that. So the LNG plant. Um, of course, I do oppose that. Um, I had somebody, I, I'm, and I'm not going to call out any names, but I had somebody say, well, LNG was a clean fuel at one time. And so, you know, and, that, and now that's what we did. And I'm like, oh, you know, no, we, we have to look at, we have to look at other methods. I do also understand that um, the argument for LNG that it, you know, supplies JBLM, I mean, that's a big argument. Um I do think we can find other solutions. I, tr- I truly do. You know, I think that's the beauty of living in Tacoma is is having all these great minds that are willing to work together. And I think that's what we need to see more of is that collaborative effort. And again, um, you know, it's something I do really well. You know, I work across Tacoma with with many people, politicians, nonprofits, for-profits, um, businesses. And I don't think you'll ever run into anybody that says, that, you know, I'm not a great person to work with. And um, make sure I'm listening to every side of things and, and truly finding a compromise. And, and I think that's what we need to do. We need to do that on council. We need to do that with the port. And we need to do that as a community to solve a lot of our pressing issues. So fossil fuels in the port, ban them, mm. have exceptions. Oh, wow. You're going to really press me on that I one, am huh? a little bit because it's, it's, it's a big question right now. Well, I definitely don't think that we need fossil fuels in our port. Okay. Um, I don't think it's a good idea for our climate. I I have to listen to our citizens as well, who who definitely are against that. And I think that's my job as a city council person is to advocate for for our community. And our community says no, and and I say no as well. Appreciate that. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we are going to talk about uh, public safety and policing. So stick around. 
friends, this is Marguerite Martin, creator of MoveToTacoma.com and co-founder of Channel 253. It's bad out there, folks. Home prices in Pierce County are up 15% year over year. While it's no secret that the market is hot, you may not know that Tacoma has been the hottest housing market in the country for several years. There is an extreme shortage of homes for buyers to buy. Having a local Tacoma buyer's agent that specializes in the neighborhood and price range you're after can mean the difference between losing or winning the bid on your dream home. If you're looking to sell your current home and find something that meets your needs better, having a neighborhood expert handle your listing will impact how much money you net off of your sale. The right agent to market and sell a home on the West Slope might not be the same person who has the expertise and connections to find you an income generating duplex somewhere else. All agents have specialties, and I know the players for every niche. Best of all, it doesn't cost you anything. Great local agents are happy to pay me a finder's fee if you end up buying or selling. And you can rest easy knowing you're going to get a great agent who specializes in exactly what you're looking for. If you want to learn more, visit MoveToTacoma.com and use the contact form. Thanks for listening to Channel 253. Welcome back. Thank you to our sponsor and thank you to the members of Channel 253. If you like podcasts like Citizen Tacoma, Nerd Farmer, Interchangeable White Ladies, and the list keeps going, uh, please consider supporting us with a $4 a month or $40 a year membership. Your support keeps us going, keeps the lights on, keeps the mics running. Uh, You can go to channel253.com to support us. Thanks so much. And we are back again with uh, Kelly Blucher to talk about uh, what's happening in Tacoma in District 2. One of the questions um, we've been wrestling with as a community for some time, and, you know, I part of me would say, you know, you could start the conversation with um, Manny Ellis, you know, but it, it goes back much further. It's this question of how are we policing our community? What do we expect from our police? Um, what kind of services is this? should we have? And what do we do when things um, go wrong, when things aren't up to the standards that we have? What are your thoughts when you wrestle with some of these issues? What are you hearing from people? Sure. So this is um, something that's very... Um it's very important to me. It hits very close to home as, um, you know, I'm in a relationship with uh, a black male and we have two black children. Um, <laughs> you know, it scares me. It scares me as a mother. Um, you know, it's I've I'm very blessed with the opportunity to have very open dialogue in in my home and be able to talk about this all of the time and to really try to understand um, the the historic oppression, the, the BS that has really happened with um, policing. Um, police need to be held absolutely accountable. It needs to happen here. It needs to happen across this country. I think we have an opportunity in Tacoma to really set the stage for police reform and accountability. And I think we need to stick to that. Um, I absolutely believe that we need to restructure our police department. I think we need to offer more 
more training for sure around, you know, equity, diversity, and inclusion. That's such a common term. We really need to offer more training um, to police around bias and racism that has historically been present. We need to change that. I also think along with that reform, you know, and, and this is a popular, every, you know, so many people are saying the same thing. We need to put more mental health professionals. We need to put more community service officers. We need to hire from our community. And I absolutely believe all of that. And I think we need to do it now. Um, we have our CPAC committee, which was which was formed. So our, our community um, community members are a, a member, or I'm sorry, are a part of this committee, and who are helping us develop, you know, different ideas and whatnot that we can take forth, take back to the council to implement. You know, such as body cameras was was one of the things that came from them. I think we need to listen to that community committee. I think we need to do more than listen, but we really need to enact on what is being said because these are the people who represent our community, and that's why they're on that because they see the change that needs to be made, and and those are the things that we need to implement. It's just time, you know. I again, this one is is just really it really hits me very closely, and I don't think we can wait any longer to do this. These are things that need to happen. It's, of course, I think they're happening now, but they really need to push forth, and they will when I'm on city council. That was quite an ending right there. You do you see that 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 it's a city council working? You know, is it a is it a bargaining issue with with the police union? You know, are there are there bigger laws like what happened at the state that we need to be considering? Um, I'm just. Yeah, I think a lot of this is going to is going to come down to how we're really pushing forth these things. The, the laws that just came through is a really interesting thing. So, again, you know, as a work as working in the nonprofit community and around um, folks, shelters and those experiencing homelessness, you know, we've seen instances where the police are called and they kind of stand back and they do this. Oh, we can't get involved any, right. anymore kind of thing. So I see that side of it. So I think, you know. I, th I think, yes, it absolutely is a council thing. I think we need to bring it down and just say, here's the training that we need to go through. If you're, if you're not going to comply with it, then we'll bring on more folks or, you know, different people who are going through the training, who are hired within the community, um, who are dedicated to serve and, and certainly without biases and, and racism. Thank you. Um, one of the questions, you know, you talked about, Everyone, many people have said, like, there should, what if mental health professionals went out, you know, or something like that? The money, of course, is one of the big questions. Would you be okay with some of that coming from the police budget, or should that be identified in other other places? Oh, that's a, yeah, you know, it's it's interesting as a first time candidate, you know, I, I have questions all the time around around like specific policy or specific budgeting. And I and I'm absolutely not afraid to know to say that, you know, I don't know a lot about the budget and specific policies, you know, I'm going to learn very, yeah. very quickly. Um, I would say there's money that that can definitely be restructured within the police. And again, that's things I'm hearing from the community. That's things I'm hearing from our, our commission. Um, you know, the Human Rights Commission, too, has talked about things like this as well as, again, I'm going to bring up CPAC. So I think we really need to rely on the on the experts around that. But I, I certainly think there could be some some restructuring with funding. Now, if I was going to tell you exactly where that I'm should not, come I'm not over. asking exactly <laughs> where. I'm just, <laughs> some, you know, some, some folks might say, no, you can't touch the police budget. And I just wanted to see where you fall on that or something. 
Yeah, I mean, I certainly think, you know, we we need to take a closer look at it and see where we can utilize community service officers, again, and those mental health professionals, but understanding that they need to be paid a great wage as well. So, um, and I also think we need to keep our community safe. So... If we can restructure it, then then so it is. If it means that we're bringing on, um, you know, more of community service officers or even more trained police, that's I understand that. We do need to keep our community safe. But, yes, I think we could definitely relook at that. Thank you. Uh, this is uh, related to public safety in an interesting way. Um, do you support the vaccine mandates for public employees? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, you know, I have an interesting story um, from that from a community member I was talking to the other day who is um, currently has brain cancer. Mm. She's had three surgeries and was um, getting ready to she's prepping for for a fourth surgery that's coming up next week. And she was in a room for four hours and got into a conversation with one of her healthcare um, the healthcare workers there with her and started talking about vaccines to find out that that the person working with her for four hours was not vaccinated. And when she was telling this to me, she said, all I could think of is I want to be with my one-year-old grandchild. I want to be with my four-year-old grandchild for years and years. And here I sat for four hours in a room when it could kill me, when it, when it could kill me. Um, so absolutely, I support a vaccine mandate within our healthcare workers. One hundred percent, I do. I think it's important that we that we protect we protect all those that are in the health system. Police, fire, as well. I do. I'm I'm big. I'm big on vaccinations. I I think we need to do it. You know, I myself am waiting. Yeah, I have a four year old, a six year old. And a 15-year-old at home had to remember all their ages. <laughs> glad I, I'm glad I don't have four of them. I, I know I'd forget that fourth one. Um, you know, and our 15-year-old was able to be vaccinated. So certainly, I mean, again, you know, I'm in a relationship where we're working consistently within the homeless, within our homeless community who is farly under vax. Yeah. Um, you know, we need to get out vaccinations in there too. So, yeah, I have that fear for my for my younger kids. And, and honestly, we're just waiting. We're waiting for... Um, that vaccine rollout to happen, at least for kids five and over, we're still going to have one and, you know, which means we're still going to be terrified. Yeah. But I think this is a way, again, to, you know, we can go back to our economic stability. We've got to get people back to work and people are scared. Yeah. And I understand there's a lot of misinformation out there among vaccines. And I think it is our job. It's our job as community members. It's it's our job as public officials to really make sure that we're we're helping to educate our community, but also asking those really tough questions. You know, I've, I've certainly heard stories uh, among people who, who fear the vaccine, and, it, and they're valid. It's valid concerns, you know, and, but I think it's our job to, to walk through, to walk on this journey with people. Absolutely. But I'm, I'm 100% vaccines. Thanks. Um, we've talked about some of the big issues facing Tacoma. Is there something doesn't have to be big, could even be fun, that you would like to see happen while you were on city council? Just something that, you know, like, hey, let's do that or let's fix that, something like that. 
wow, you know, I'm a fun person. So, (laughs) you know, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of fun things I would see. You know, I think one of the things I'd really like to to see come from city council, and I think something I can play a very large role in is our transparency as our council to our community. You know, we've talked about some some tough issues tonight, home in Tacoma, police reform. Um, you know, even vac- vaccines or, or even one. But how are we getting that information? How are we pushing that out into into our community? It's interesting with Home in Tacoma, the uh, postcard that came out, um, talking a little bit about, you know, uh, the communities and stuff and, and, and what the, the mid-scale, the low-scale version looked like. Anyways, um, that actually, from what I'm hearing, put a lot of fear in the community. So, yes, we had that and we had some open dialogue sessions, but, like, let's get on social media. You know, let's do more podcasts like this. You know, how are we thinking creatively to really start to get the information out there? And, and I think also we need to bring that into our communities. You know, again, talking to people why I'm out in the community, we have have a, a senior population who I, they do not they do not do zoom they just they don't do zoom so how are we getting information out to them as well so i think uh, you know a lot of us politicians you know we do door knocking all the time hey let's go knock on some doors while we're in office you know let's go let's go talk to our community about um about the things that that we're having to make decisions on yeah i like that um let's do a closing pitch why vote for Kelly for uh, for District 2? <laughs> well, I think this is my favorite part, right? You know, I think we have a big opportunity right now with, um, you know, having a new council. And my tagline is absolutely our voice, our council. Um, I absolutely would, would love, I would encourage people to in District 2 um, to vote for me and know that you have a voice on city council. You have somebody that's always going to be available. My phone number is out there. You know, call me anytime. Uh, well, within limitations. Within limitations, but- <laughs> of course. Of course. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think it's time that we have a voice on council that represents our people um, and certainly represents the issues that that are important to us. And so, again, let's bring it all back to that lived experience. You know, I certainly have the ability to push through policy and be very active on committees to certainly be active in our in our legislature. There's so many things as a city that we can do with our state. You'll have me there as an advocate. And um yeah, I just I would just encourage you, like like let's do this, let's let's put Tacoma back in the people's hands and and vote for Kelly. Thank you very much. If people want to find you on the internet, where would you like to direct them? Awesome. Well, yeah, they can definitely check out kellyfortacoma.com. Um, and also always available by email at info at kellyfortacoma.com. And I, w- I would love uh, love some support. Yeah. Well, thank you for uh, taking the time to be on the Citizen Tacoma podcast. Thank you. This has been amazing. Appreciate it. Channel 253 is a member-supported podcast network. I'm producer Doug Mackey, and I'm asking you to become a member and show your support. Go to channel253.com slash membership to join. Thank you. Citizen Tacoma is part of the Channel 253 podcast network. Check out our other shows. Nerd Farmer, Interchangeable White Ladies, We Are Tacoma, Move to Tacoma, Taco Man, Flounders B-Team, Crossing Division, and What Say You? This is Channel 253.